listening to First Church Charlotte. One Pastor Nathan here. We are in the Gospel of Mark and we are reading chapter number nine, verse number 30. Then they departed from there and passed through Galilee and he did not want anyone to know it. This is an interesting um, note that you will find in the Gospels. Um, I like to think that Jesus is trying to convey something to his disciples that is not helped by distraction. Um, Jesus is trying to focus not on the extended influence of his ministry, but in the investment in the next generation. For he taught his disciples and said to them, the son of man is being betrayed into the hands of men and they will kill him. And after he is killed, he will rise the third day. This is the theme. This is the lesson that has to be caught in their spirit, not just to know it intellectually, but to be prepared for it because they will experience it as a personal trial of faith. And they will also experience it as a missional, necessary change in the story of redemption. They're going to experience it as a personal challenge, yes, but they also are going to experience it as the very victory of God over death, hell, and the grave. But this is a hard lesson, and they did not understand this, and they were afraid to ask. Then he came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What is it you dispute among yourselves on the road? Let me reread that. What was it you disputed among yourselves on the road? But they kept silent, for on the road they had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. And he sat down. You can almost read it with a sort of sigh in his spirit, like, okay, we've got to deal with this right now. He sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, If anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. Uh, this passage... <coughs> Of scripture, like so many of the passages of the gospel, it is it is layered with insight, spiritual spiritual uh, themes and lessons. Uh, Jesus is on his way to a cross, and while this is going on, instead of understanding the sacrifice that's at the center of Christian life. The disciples argue about which of them has the best career prospects. So this is the reality. Instead of getting the lesson of the cross, my life for yours, the blood of Jesus covers the transgression of flesh. Instead of getting that, they are caught up in a debate over who has the best career prospects. They aren't particularly bad. This is a human thing because our experience of the world is very much built upon these 
two insights to human nature. Number one, we are competitive. We compete one with another. And uh, number two, we keep score of who we think is getting ahead and who we think is getting behind. Now, you can change the context however you would like. You can place us in the most Ivy of Ivy League schools. You can place us in the military. You can put us on Wall Street, or you can put us in Compton. <laughs> uh, you see what I'm saying? Uh, you're going to see these same realities playing out. Let me take it further. You can put us on a career track, or you can put us at a Bible school or seminary where people say they want to give their heart to God. This is what they're going to see. This is what you are going to see there. Uh, people compete with each other and they keep track of who they think is winning. The sigh in the spirit of God, as though he says, look, this has to be dealt with right now. We're not continuing with our day. Sit down. Now, this is a real come to Jesus meeting right here. <laughs> this is exactly what he's happening. Okay, let's deal with this. This is like, you know, a family meeting when you have to discipline your children. Something has to be established. This is like a, a huddle uh, on a sports team. You've got a block on the right side. You see what I'm saying? This has to be dealt with now. Jesus sits down and he says, look, you guys are going about this all wrong. And then he does something that is a recurring theme. He acknowledges the world as they know it. And then he points them to the opposite as a lesson what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like. Um, Jesus is trying to get through to his disciples a truth that the kingdom of heaven is sacrificial. It is the giving of oneself. It is a cross, not just for me. But if you want to follow in this way, you take up a cross like I am. It won't be my cross. My cross will enable you to take up your cross. What is your gifts? What is your talents? What is your opportunities? You have to care. You have to see the city that God wants to save. You have to see the family member that is perhaps open now, having gone through so much. Open now to a word of faith in their life. And while Jesus is trying to do this, the disciples, like all of us, me included, perhaps me first of all, are missing the point. They are debating career prospects while Jesus is walking toward Golgotha. Uh, when Jesus decides to bring this issue to a head, when he decides to call up, you know, and have a, a legitimate come to Jesus meeting, and he sits everybody down, and he talks about this, um, he is going to give them not just, uh, not just insight into the kingdom of God. He does that a lot. He's going to give them insight into the kingdom of God as the opposite of the world they have known, as the opposite of what they are currently doing, as the antithesis, the, the absolute opposite of what they were talking about on the road. The kingdom of God is a reversing of the order of the world. You see, we live in the world. We know how the world works. Put us in corporate track or take us to a Bible school. People are competitive 
and people keep score. Who's getting ahead? Who's doing well? Who is getting opportunities? Who doesn't have much talent? We are competitive and we keep score. And the Lord is saying, okay, I see you get that, but can we reverse the trains? <laughs> can we do the exact opposite of that? The kingdom of God is not a dispute about who is the greatest. In fact, that you're arguing that shows you're trapped in a worldview that is secular of this world, not spiritual, not in the kingdom, kingdom of God. And so Jesus instead tells them that the way to greatness in the kingdom of heaven, it is to be the servant, not the winner. You see, we divide the world into winners and losers. God divides the world differently into servants and the sick. Servants and the sick. He wants to take you, make you a servant that you might heal the sick or be a part of his ability, shall we say, to heal the sick. And so to please God, to be productive members in the kingdom of heaven, we have to stop this order of the world where we're competitive with each other and we keep track of who is is getting ahead. So instead of those two things, being competitive and keeping track, debating over who's going to be the best, you do the opposite. Instead of competing, serve. And instead of keeping track on who is winning, humble yourself. Service, humility. So Jesus said, says, and we read it, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. Do you see that this is the opposite? It's not just a different world. It is the world inverted. It is the world turned upside down. It's taking the train schedule and reversing all the trains. It's everything opposite. Uh, this is how we advance in the kingdom of God. So if the Lord is going to use our normal urges as not a positive score, but as a negative score, we have to allow the warnings in our spirit to be directly linked to the desires of our flesh. Now that's not just sin. That's also the exaltation of the self. It's doing better than others, getting more approval than others, getting more compliments than others, competing and keeping score. That is how the world works, Jesus said. I need you to invert it. I need you to change everything. Uh, because in the kingdom of God, it's not just different, it's opposite. Uh, and so I would say it this way. Since we're already used to being competitive and since we already know how to keep score, let's tell ourselves this truth. Uh, Scorekeeping for the soul is very different than scorekeeping for the flesh. And everything that I would tend to think would make me happy in my flesh is a negative, no, negative score in the spirit. And oftentimes the things that I think are hard on my flesh, they're positive scores in uh, the spirit. Let me uh, give you uh, one more, one more uh, passage. This is, of course, from uh, Matthew chapter number 10, I believe it is, uh, verse number uh, 
35. No, uh, that's not the correct reference. I, I, I'll just read it here. I believe this is a similar account in the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, then the, ma the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with their sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. He said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and one on your left, in your uh, kingdom. Jesus answered and said, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am able to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said, oh yeah, we can do it. Talk is cheap. He said to them, okay, you will indeed drink of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit at my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, for it is for those for whom it is prepared by my Father. Now look what happens in the, um, the brotherhood of the disciples when they learn this. When the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased. Not displeased, greatly displeased. It caused a problem with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are, are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. We have to accept and embrace and even celebrate that the kingdom of God is not just different than this world as we know it. It's the opposite. And since we love to keep score, let's remind ourselves that in terms of our soul, all our numbers are actually negative numbers and we are opposite to the heart of God. We want to serve self, not others. And this is what calls the change from a world as God created it to a world where Adam and Eve choose self over submission. It inverted the world. This is the enduring legacy of sin, the inversion, not others. I'm not, instead of being complete in others, I want others to complete me. Instead of me serving others, I want others to serve me. This is the inversion of the world as God created it in the kingdom of heaven introduced and made possible to us through Jesus Christ is a right ordering of the world where everything that might be hard on the flesh is oftentimes a blessing in the spirit. That's why we fast. That's why we pray. Everything that would be or represent the exaltation of self in the flesh is leading us down the wrong road in the spirit. So let me say it this way. Are you going through difficult times? It might be that it's good for your spirit. You just can't see it because you've so confused your perceived prosperity with your spiritual progress. And these things are not the same. You may have fallen into the immature habit of judging your spiritual condition on the basis of your current sense of prosperity, blessing, or advancement. This is not how the scripture teaches us. The things of the spirit are not similar to the things of the flesh. It is an inverted kingdom. What sin did was reversed the order of the world God had made, but God would not leave us in our state of rebellion and fallenness. He was not content for his children to die. And so he looked at a world that had been inverted from what he had intended it. And he said, I'll go, I'll pay their debt, 
and I will do for them what sin did against them. Sin reversed the order of their, the world as I had made it for them through mercy, grace, sacrifice, and the cross. I will reverse the order of sin. And so through Jesus Christ, everything that is wrong in your life can be made right through his grace. We have to, as believers, we have to see this as more than a salvation story, though. We have to see it with understanding and recognize every time I get caught up competing, every time I get caught up with irritation because something good happened for them or for them or whenever I try to get advancement over another brother or sister. I'm caught up in the ways of the world. I am debating over greatness while Jesus is trying to lead me to a cross. You have to stop worrying about self or, you'll, or a cross will never make sense to you. This is hard for all of us. It's hard for me. It's hard for you. All of us are tempted to choose the good life, the easy life, the simple way, the, the easy, the lazy, shall we say, path. And the Spirit bids us to discipline ourselves, to see the world not through the values of the flesh, but see it through the values of the Spirit, which changes the order of things, changes the manner in which we live and walk in our world. How can we embrace service and humility? Uh, let me just real quick give you some um, idea sparks. The first thing we can do on a regular basis is choose to offer acts of kindness and service to other people. It is a choice every single time. It may not be obvious, but we can choose it in our daily life. Secondly, if we're uncomfortable doing ministry ourselves, we can host ministry. Uh, ministry leaders need someone to help them host. Even if you don't want to teach, you can assist, you can serve, you can host. Thirdly, you can be a voice of edification to everybody in your life, not just the people you approve of. Speak faith over the dead bones that feel your life. Speak and prophesy. God is not abandoning, abandoning them. God is committed to them. Uh, another way we can serve and humble ourselves is um, to make a commitment to be present. To be present. Not to look every, find every convenient reason we can to not show up, but to show up. Whether it's service, whether it's small group, whether it's a volunteering opportunity, whether it is any type of ministry, be present. It is a way to humble and serve, uh, humble ourselves and serve others. Uh, next, we can make a commitment to be friendly to anybody who is opening up toward God or any visitor who comes to our church. If you've been serving the Lord for a little while, don't sit in or hide in your pew. Smile at someone. Introduce yourself. Compliment them. Open the heart of affection that God has placed in you toward other people. Take special interest in new people. Uh, see that them as God loves them. See them as a child that God loves and then identify your heart with God by loving them also. Offer to assist in ministry without excuses. Even if you don't feel like you can lead it, assist. In fact, even if you lead, find somebody you can assist. Uh, and lastly, this is, I call this the acid test of whether somebody wants to humble themselves and serve. Are you ready for the acid test? This is it. Uh, 
find leadership, spiritual leadership, find uh, a pastor, uh, find a ministry leader, find leadership and ask them this question. What is the hardest ministry to staff? What is the ministry that you have the most difficult time getting people to serve in? I want to know because that's where I want to serve. Now, I could tell you the two hardest ministries in our church to get people to serve in. I could tell you, but I'm not going to because it's not gossip. It's for the person who says, I get that the kingdom of heaven is different. I get that the way to win in an upside down kingdom, the way to please God is to serve, to humble myself, ask, and then say, that's where I will go because I need this. Whoever exalts himself, Luke 14 and 11, they will be humbled. But he who humbles himself, they will be exalted. There's notes for parents to have a conversation with your children. Please do that. I know it's easy to quit doing it. Uh, I know it's easy to be lazy. Your children need to hear you talk about the Bible with them. We love you. God bless you. Uh, Sunday's going to be a great day. If you're in the Charlotte area and you would like to uh, visit us, we have two services, 9.15 a.m. and 11 a.m. Uh, myself and other pastors are in the foyer every service. You can walk in. There's a very high probability I'll be right there. So if you don't know anybody, you can be my friend. Uh, you can even sit by me if you want to. <laughs> God bless you. We love you. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come, worship with us.